that all the games that ever existed. All of them ever. That is all of the games ever. Good job. Now there are no more games. What will we do with our time? Oh no. It's a disaster. It's fine, I can use the excuse that, that iRacing is not a game, it's a sim. And then then I'll be happy. People people say that people say that a lot because people are dorks. But I'm also becoming a dork, so it's fine. I was gonna say it's like those people who used to say flight simulators aren't games. Yeah. They're simulators. Exactly. That's a whole thing because I've played Grand Turismo Sport before. Uh, and that that's like that's not an arcade game, but it's not really a simulator. So it's like a simcade. It's like the term that's being used for it, which is very dorky. But I but I'm using that term, so I have accepted that I am become dork. It's on the spot hot takes. Welcome to a very special episode of Topic Chunder, episode 40. Wow. Today, we join you from the show floor of E3 2064. That's right, folks, we're getting you all the hot news and scoops in the future. I'm Jim, and I've just gotten back from the announcements of the Google Xbox 360 Degrees 100 Minutes. So, uh, Oddwood, what did you think about that announcement? Uh, it, it blew me away. I, uh, my head's still spinning in circles from it. Mm, mm, I can agree. Very exciting stuff. Also with us is uh, Ed and Vopsy. Hello. Hello, hello, hello. It has been a while. They're fresh from the presser of the Google PlayStation 12 Premium Edition, and I must admit that's some pretty exciting news there. You know what? A hundred years of backwards compatibility is pretty amazing. (laughs) It really is amazing stuff they are pulling off over at Google Sony. And lastly, with the surprising announcement of Google, uh, of Google Amazon's Play or Pay service, what do you think about their offers of either getting Bezos coin or buying games on their new subsidiary? <laughs> no, that's a bad bit. It's Jammy. <laughs> <laughs> Just failed completely. Uh, hi, I like your evolutionary new intro system where you introduce two people at once. Thank you. With no way of <laughs> distinguishing which is who is who. I have absolutely not enough jokes for this many people. Okay, I see. Some would argue I didn't have enough jokes for three people. You did fail to finish my joke, so... The E3 has happened. That's the news. And as industry professionals that we all are, we can offer our opinions on the things that were said. Who watched E3? I didn't. I I didn't. uh, watched most of it, I think. And the things I missed, I watched at work the day after. Yeah. (laughs) Damn. I watched Keanu Reeves, and that's it. I mean, that was the best mm-hmm, bit, mm-hmm. so, really. Vopsy and Ed, take us away. <laughs> <laughs> I think Ed should start here, the most insight I've Oh no, please don't make me start. <laughs> <laughs> what was the uh, most disappointing part of E3 for you? I mean, I don't know, I think it was just pretty bad in general. I feel like it was worse than usual, but, but it got help that I was expecting it to be really bad, so I didn't really care. Uh... There was like the, the the Bethesda conference was really bad because they opened with Fallout 76, 
It's like, oh, okay, <laughs> opening with that, bold move. And then they talked about an Elder Scrolls mobile game for a long time. A lot of the buzz around this E3 reminds me of, um, I think it was 2006 or 2007, around when the last lot of consoles, um, like the 360 and the PlayStation 3, were known to be coming out but weren't really announced yet, like around that sort of time. 360, and E3, I thought, was 2005. It was probably earlier, yeah. But um, E3 was just dead. And I remember people thinking it was like going to be the last one and shit like that. And that reminds me of this one, especially because we're at the point where it's like, yeah, new stuff is on the way, hasn't officially been announced yet, and the floor is really quiet. Like Cyberpunk, it looks super good. And it has Keanu Reeves in it now, so it's like a lot better already. Uh, but I was already excited about that. So There was also a dog on stage, and that was very good. I did see the dog, Yeah, the dog actually. was great. Dog didn't say anything. No, it was the, the guy who played the Punisher. It was his dog. And the dog looked mostly confused, um, but it was a good dog. But yeah, there was like a few cool like indie games and like smaller games that I hadn't heard of before, I guess, that were announced. But I don't remember the names of any of them. There was like three three like time loop games that all looked pretty good. Sick. Uh, it's good to see that Braid's influence is finally being felt. <laughs> there was one that was like... <laughs> Deathloop, I think it was called, but we don't know anything about that. And there was one that was like played out top down in an apartment, and from what it looked like, it's like only in that apartment. And that looked mm. cool as well. There's a high budget prop hunt game being made. Oh yeah, apparently. That bad. Oh, sick. But it was a pretty funny trailer. Does oh, no. prop hunt need a high budget? No. <laughs> I don't. I think that would <laughs> remove some of the certain charm yeah. of the shit you get in Gmod. So this is a thing you have all done. Prop hunt. Because I, I I learned about prop hunt like three days ago. Oh, yeah, wow. um, yeah, no. I've been playing Gmod for a long time, so it comes up. Yeah, I've never played it myself. I think, but I know what it is. So mm. basically, it's can't great be. at land parties. It is the it's best extremely at land fun. parties. Uh, I guess all of my land parties were uh, before Gmod. <laughs> <laughs> mm. I was honestly just amused when Auto Chess was announced for Epic the Epic oh, yeah. Store. Yeah, the chess is great now because so okay, since I actually play the game, I've been trying to keep up, but it's hard. <laughs> so there was some people made a mod for Dota called Auto Chess. I talked about it last episode, maybe. Um, and then uh, to Valve, like we're in like negotiations with them, I think, to make it like an official thing, but nothing happened with that. So instead, they're splitting it. Valve are making their own Auto Chess, and the people who made Auto Chess are also making their own, that is coming out on mobile and on the Epic Store, which was announced. Uh, and then League of Legends are also making an auto chess mod. <laughs> and so it's all a mess, and the so, the Dota uh, official, like the Valve made auto chess, it's like in open beta right now, or it's like closed beta for this week and open beta next week. It, it's all a big mess, uh, but, but I don't really mind because I get to play auto chess. <laughs> Three different versions of exactly. it. Four different versions. Which so, is. does the original mod remain? That's a still? good question. I'm gonna look right now. Cause they they started making the mobile game, but they were also updating the mod at the same time. But they weren't making the si- same update to the mod as the mobile game. And also, the mobile game doesn't have Dota characters because that you know, is also understandable. Yeah, but the Dota Underlord, like it's called, the the Auto Chess version that's official, is does have the Dota characters, uh, and it's very good. It's uh, weird that Valve are not bringing them on board because they were normally pretty reputable for that, weren't they? 
but I guess they are no longer that valve. I don't know what's happened, but I do feel a little bad for the original developers because I've got this bad feeling that it's not going to work out for them in the end. Mm. I don't know if they can compete with massive, Valve. Yeah. Massive, yeah. Company yeah, they're going to get eaten. Well, I suppose, I, I guess that's the whole point of um, Epic picking them up because they don't, do they have like any MOBAs or like those they sort of things have, on their store at the moment? I don't even know what genre auto chess is meant to fit into. Also, okay, so there was a big update to the auto chess mod on the 14th of June, so it is still alive and there's currently 50,000 people playing it, so I guess it's still active. Uh, but I guess we'll see next week when the open beta starts of the Underlords. But it's, it's like no ranked mode and stuff in Underlords yet, so uh, so maybe it will wait a bit. I don't know. I don't know. It's a mess. Popsy, do you want to explain again what this oh, game God. is? Yeah, sure. So uh, it's a game that played. You're in, you're eight people in every match, uh, and it's played on a. It is. It looks like a chessboard, sort of, and you get to buy units and place them on your own half of the board, and then a random opponent gets selected, and then your units fight their units, but you can't actually control them in the battles at all. And it's also like, each unit has abilities that fill up as they take damage, and there's like synergies between classes and races and stuff, so... Uh, yeah, and then... When you lose a match, you lose a certain amount of health depending on how many units there are left on the board. Uh, and then eventually one guy is alive and wins, and then you do it again. So it's a battle royale then? No. What? No. I did a big joke. No. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, it's it's interesting. I guess we'll see where where it goes. Which, for what it's worth, I think the the Underlords version is really good. It's not quite as good as the mod yet. And the game from the mod makers that's on mobile is really shit. So, uh, so we'll see how the Epic Store one is. But I like it's just like the HUD is awful and the character design is bad. But yeah, we'll see. See where it lands. Should be interesting. Uh, I do feel kind of nervous for them because it sort of sucks that they're gonna get. It sounds like they're having their own idea stolen from them. But... Yeah, sort of. Uh, but yeah, I don't. Who's the Ice Frog of Auto Chess? <laughs> Nobody knows. I don't know if there's a, a name. I haven't heard any. They're a little anonymous, aren't they? They're just like... Yeah. They've got a company name, I think. Yeah, Drodo, I think, is the company name. Something Drodo. So are we expecting a pro auto chess scene? There already sort of is. There's like auto chess tournaments and stuff. But I guess that's going to be a mess now that it's like three different games, so I don't know what's going to happen. Hmm. <laughs> It's like that early Heroes of New Earth lull, yeah. everything else. I was thinking the next international will probably have an Underlords thing Yeah, probably. It. Since it's like so closely related to Dota. Also, Underlord is an awful name because there is a character called Underlord in Dota, and he's not in oh, Underlords. <laughs> <laughs> but eventually he is going to be in Underlord because they're bringing in like Dota characters like one after another. So he's going to be like Underlord. No, I don't know. The game takes place inside Underlord. That's why it's called yeah. that. Checks out, actually. Cells at work, auto chess edition. Uh, yeah, I've played a, a few missions of uh, Odyssey. Um, and then Baba is You is one that I 
uh, played a lot when it came out, and then I hit a uh, a wall. I like it a lot. It's probably going to be my personal game of the year. Um, it, I guess I should say what it is. It's a it's a puzzle game. It is uh, a Sokoban style game, so two dimensional environment. Uh, you control a character. And pieces of the environment are movable on a grid system, uh, and you can push things. And, you know, this this style game is often about getting things through small corridors to other places, uh, making certain arrangements of stuff. Um, well, this one specifically, uh, the rule set for the game exists in the world, uh, so you can... In addition to push around, uh, for instance, rocks and keys, uh, you can also push around the the rules that change things. So the the name of the game is Baba is You. The most basic rule is Baba is You. Uh, but you could change that if there was, for instance, a, the word rock. Uh, you could push that into there and make the phrase rock is you. Uh, and then now you're controlling the rock. Um, so that's how the, the rules interact. And then it very quickly, uh, spirals into a, an enormous land of possibility and things get pretty complicated and open up into, uh, large numbers of, uh, things you can do, uh, quite quickly, uh, with, with new rules being introduced and, so I was I was playing when it was released, uh, and we were there were a few of us on the CNC server playing, and we had a spreadsheet with hints, um, and that spreadsheet started getting difficult to update because they kept releasing patches, uh, and there is a, there's a there's a PC version and there's a Switch version, uh, and the Switch version was not being patched for a while because they wanted to sort of build up a uh, a good sized amount of stuff to patch all at once, uh, cause patches are harder to push on Switch. Um, so, uh, <laughs> as, as I was playing, things were getting updated and occasionally there would be something, uh, like there is a, maybe there was a level that is supposed to teach you a new way to approach a problem, but it was a little too hard. So they'd patch in another level before that, that, sort of gets you in the first step on the, in that direction. Uh, and some occasionally the other way, maybe they, there was a level that was supposed to teach you, uh, a new approach to something, but then they realized it was uh, a little superfluous with other things. Um, but I, I think it's, I think it is good at that. Uh, it's mostly, like I said, I'm stuck at a place. And as far as I know, there is one thing that I need to do to progress. Uh, and that's often not going to be the, the case with Baba is you, uh, just because the progression in the game is, uh, somewhat linear at the beginning, but then it branches out and you'll pretty much have something to do, something to occupy your brain at all times. And it's, uh, it's hard to get uh, bottlenecked into only one possibility, but I have had that happen to me now. Uh, I, I, th it's a very creative game. I heard someone once, I don't re remember who it was, uh, talking about puzzle games and how 
like bad puzzle games, the puzzle games you don't want to emulate, uh, are games where the developer is showing off and the puzzles are like, <laughs> oh, look how smart I am for being able to create this puzzle. And good puzzle games are where you, when you're playing it, you feel like, oh, look how smart I am for being able to come up with this solution. And I'm not... I'd, I'd be interested in, in hearing what y'all think, but I'm not sure how I feel about that. Um, I do think, yes, you want the player to, to feel smart, uh, but... I also feel smart when I realize this uh this strange um specific solution. Uh but then I did later discover that Baba is you tends to have multiple solutions to something. Uh so I think there might be uh it might not be the the bad sort of game after all, uh because I, I don't know how many ways they intended uh um I keep saying they. It's it's mostly uh, one person designing the levels, um, and other people did some other stuff. Uh, there is a section of the game with some levels uh, uh, that were designed by some other famous puzzle game designers. Um, but the there are there have been so many levels where I solved it, and I was like, oh, this. This is the only possible way to do this. There's no other way to solve this level. This has to be what the developer <laughs> intended. Uh, but then, oh no, I go talk in the Discord and four other people each solved it with a rather radically different unique solution. <laughs> um, so that, that's been fun. Uh, Who do you think is cuter, uh, Baba or Kiki? I think Baba is cuter. I also think um, Baba. That is correct. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, yes uh how many points can i get in this quiz <laughs> there are no points in bubba as you no in in this quiz that you're giving me right now i got a correct a answer oh you uh, asked me who was cuter and then you told me i was correct <laughs> so I, well i assume i'm gonna win something for being correct uh you win the fuck i don't know i don't know <laughs> bubba is you is good i enjoy it a lot I didn't get very far in it because uh, I'm typically not very good at puzzle games, even though I like them a lot. Um, should mention the like uh, the art style is extremely charming and cute, um, and generally pretty clear as well. I think, which is very important. <laughs> um, Quite a lot of like I think it's black backgrounds and mostly like one or two colors for everything. You're not going to lose sight of things. It's not like it's like muddy. Yeah, uh, it's very. It's kind of a lo-fi pixely style as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's, uh, it's kind of like. Yeah. Um, it's more like um, anti-alias Nidhog, kind of very basic designs with flat colors and stuff like that. Yeah. I was going to compare it to an NES game, but it's even simpler than that in a lot of ways. Mm. Mm. <laughs> I would try like solve all the ones I could get through, and then. Because it was like such a branching thing, there would be multiple levels, and I would like just go through each of them, have a couple of tries, and then go to sleep for the night. And then the next day, like just not really thinking about it, but just letting them kind of stew in there, I'd come back and be able to solve like another one or two of them, and so on, and just kind of repeat that process for a little while. So that was nice. And the the complete uh, rewind function is is very nice as well. Extremely um, good. There is there is no limit. There is no limit to how many times you can undo. So you can, uh, you know, do snake bird it. <laughs> yeah, you can do a, a bajillion moves and then just 
rewind all the way back to the beginning. Oh, that's nice. I always hate it in a puzzle game where you've got to a point, where did all this begin? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, go, go, power. Chunder. Go, go, power. Chunder. Go, go, power. Chunder. Mighty Morphin Power. Chunder. I've only played one game since the last Chanda, and I don't know what I'm supposed to say about it. I played Fallout 76. Ho-ho! Um, I've played two rounds of the Battle Royale mode they added randomly. <laughs> it's probably the best thing in the game. Not that wow. that's a high bar to clear, but... <laughs> How is the Battle Royale mode? <laughs> that they randomly added. Like, it does work... Like... One problem that Fallout 76 has is the netcode or something is not good and all the enemies are very laggy and kind of jerk around and are very hard to shoot, but for some reason other players don't, so a competitive mode works quite well for it because at least the people I'm shooting are actually where they are (laughs) and my bullets are probably going to hit them. Um, I, I thought the whole point of Fallout was that it wasn't just a shooter. Yeah, that's... But yeah, for, so for anyone who missed it, at, at E3, what they revealed was, one, they're adding NPCs in, which yeah, is apparently. like, yeah, sure, that's about time, I guess. <laughs> and, and also, it's like, and we're adding a battle royale mode, and it's like, what, really? Why? Uh, yeah, so I think me and whoever I was watching with was like, yeah, Bethesda are just losing their minds, like, there definitely are. Like you're going more and more insane. Uh, it's, it's it's honestly pretty entertaining. But yeah, I could I could never get into Fallout. I could never get into Fallout because it's almost a shooter, but it's not. <laughs> like it's a good RPG, but I just cannot get over the shooting. If the shooting was yeah. slightly better, it would be amazing. I have built a village in mine in the whatever the number was on the one I played. <laughs> Like in Fallout 3 in New Vegas, I used vats as much as possible to avoid shooting people manually. <laughs> Fallout 4, the vats, the vats is not very good. Or more accurately, they changed the shooting to be basically one-to-one accurate all the time. So vats is often not worth using. You can shoot people in the head from miles away with a pistol, and vats will tell you that you can't. <laughs> but if you do it yourself, you can. What what do you mean one to one accurate? I mean like where your crosshair is. Oh okay okay gotcha. That's where the bullets go. Unlike like a regular 3, shooter. Yeah, in Fallout Three, the bullets would sway off course if you weren't very good with that gun, because uh, it was more of an RPG that way. Fallout Four, they made it slightly more shooter-ish, but in '76, it's the same basically. That's the most. Like, in terms of the original um, survival mode before the Battle Royale, which I also played, because you have to, um, you're not allowed to play the Battle Royale until you've played some of the survival mode. Um, <laughs> but that is Fallout 4, but worse. There's actually nothing... It has nothing of its own, other than other players. Damn. Um, and it does nothing with that, which is kind of a shame. Like, there's no purpose in other players existing. I just see them occasionally... We do the wave emote at each other, and then we walk <laughs> past each other. I've never used any of the other emotes. The game could crash when I do so, and I wouldn't know because I've never done it. <laughs> it's kind of nice when you see other people's houses. That's kind of nice. Other than that, it doesn't add anything at all. Um, and apart from that, it is just Fallout 4. 
but without the NPCs, without real quests, there are no dialogue options for you because you never talk to anyone. Um, all of the enemies are either monsters or robots. Uh, there are no raiders because there are no humans in the world. Um, it's really weird. It's one of the weirdest games I've ever played. It sounds the... like it just kind of brings you out of the fiction of it all. Yeah, it does. It's It feels like a spin-off game, even though they say it's not. Um, I imagine the long-term plan is going to be to pretend it doesn't exist or not mention it ever again, but we'll see. Well, you would assume that, but then they mention it first thing at E3. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, maybe the, they've gone the opposite way. They've decided to never shut up. It's, it's going to be the last Fallout game, and they just keep adding to it forever. Yeah. Fallout as a service. Be... Yeah, I mean, that's what they want. There is um there is a shop in it where you can buy microtransaction items. Hell yeah. Um they're all nice. very boring and I'm not sure why you'd ever want to, but um I think if it had been a lower price or if it'd been free <laughs> um <laughs> it might be easier to recommend, but the full price it's like fifty pounds or something and Jesus Christ. It's fucking not good. It's like it's not irredeemably shit, it's just not worth it. What if they pull like a Ubisoft and like three years down the road it's actually a really good game? Um, Wouldn't that be nice? I mean, it would be nice. No. I don't, I don't see it happening because they still I think haven't they fixed. Really fucking shit the bed with <laughs> this one, honestly. The enemies are so fucked and are still fucked and are not getting unfucked at any point. I don't know how they're gonna unfuck that. If they were gonna do that, it would have been done already, which makes me think they can't. And if they can't do that, if the combat's always going to be a bit glitchy, it's never really going to be that fun to play. It's just, it's, I mean, the shooting in Fallout 4 was already not that good. And this is even worse. So, because it's just that, but now the enemies keep teleporting around. Only very slightly, but enough to throw your aim off. Um, sorry, I'm. I feel like I'm being really negative about this. Well, I mean, from everything <laughs> we understand about this game, it's probably deserved. Yeah. That said, I have played loads of it for no reason. So, <laughs> hey, it'd be like that sometimes. It's weirdly compelling, despite... I think I know in my head it's not good, but it does have that crafting, adventuring loop of like finding stuff, breaking it down, building stuff building a little house for yourself, putting wind chimes outside, <laughs> putting an, a little scope on my gun, getting eaten by a monster. <laughs> it's got that nice little loop despite not being very good. Um, and it's also... It's technically supposed to be one of those crafting survival games like Rust or something, but it's not. It doesn't play anything like that. It is just Fallout 4, but uh, you need to eat and drink. Vaguely multiplayer. Yeah, and there's, there's people around. People with names that make no sense. I've not yet seen a username that hasn't had numbers in it. It's amazing. <laughs> oh dear. That's not a good sign. No, um, mine, mine does not have numbers. Every other human I've ever seen has had some arrangement of numbers at the end of their name. Well, um, that's the question then. Are they humans? I mean, honestly, they could... Mm, no, because if they weren't players, they'd have the same glitchy bugginess as the monsters. <laughs> So that's how nice. we know they have to be humans. Um, so I played the Battle Royale. Someone teabagged me, so I think they are humans. So it's basically a perfect game? Yeah, perfect. I mean, the Battle Royale mode is the best thing in it. And I think, like, its gimmick 
is that you can build like turrets and little defenses, which is it's, it's not Fortnite because um, you can build like machine little machine gun sentry gun things from Fallout 4, um, which is something that's different. That's their thing. You can also find power armor, which is obviously a pretty big advantage if you find that. And it's got all of the guns from Fallout 4 in it. So if you like those, then, you know, good for you. <laughs> um, it is, if you've ever played Fallout 4 and just really wished that you could do that shooting, but with real people, um, and uh, in a much worse looking map, then it's <laughs> it's that. It. Uh, God, I feel like I'm just complaining endlessly. Uh <laughs> It's not low effort in a lot of ways. Like someone has worked very hard on it. I really feel bad for them because it's not worth. This, it wasn't worth this it. Is, this is pretty clearly a directional or managerial sort of fuck up. <laughs> I think someone, somebody asked for this to be made, and people worked very hard on making it. And I wish, I hope they were paid well, and they probably weren't. But um, it looks very nice, but. It runs like shit, and I don't know why. <laughs> I have Fallout 4. I compared the two of them. Fallout 4 runs much better, and I don't know why. I I don't know enough about computers to to understand how much multiplayer can affect this stuff. But maybe they're mining a, Bitcoin. Honestly, <laughs> that would perhaps explain why they why they're backing this game so hard. But it it runs so much worse. It's it's staggering. But yeah, it runs like shit. It's kind of boring, and it's not worth the money. It's Fallout seventy six. Play Fallout four instead. That's my review. My I'd give it a five out of four. Give me a what? Thank you for your wonderful <laughs> review. <laughs> I don't know what I'm my talking about wonderful, anymore. Wonderful, beautiful wife, Jamie. Thank you for putting wow. yourself through Fallout seventy six for us. Yes, that's and why I did our it. our loyal listeners. Listener. Yeah, all of them care about this game. This old game that no one plays. Chanda. Ed, Dishonored 2, Death of the Outsider. Yes, recent recent news. Brand, I still haven't played it, so it's brand new to me. Nice. <laughs> well, I, I, should, I should preface by saying the last game I played before this was one game of The Binding of Isaac in February. Mm. Oh. Sick. And then before that, it was, I think, June last year. So, yeah, it's been a while. Trying to catch up on all the stuff I said I'd play and then never either had time or could be bothered. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, Dishonored 2, Death on the Outside, is, it's, a, it's a Dishonored game, which means automatically I love it. Uh, you play, um, well... It's kind of spoilers, but it's spoilers for, like, a four-year-old game now. I'm sure it's fine. Uh, Skip you, you... to X. Sorry? Oh, do I have to if edit that want... in? Okay. No, Shit. no. No, not <laughs> It's a four-year-old game. Who cares? Go okay. for it. Yeah. Um, so you, you play as Megan Foster, who is kind of the boat driver in Dishonored 2. And she is also Billy Lurk, who is uh, Dowd's protégé. And uh, the game starts by, well, finding Dowd. I haven't actually played all that much of it yet, I'll be honest. I've played like two levels over like maybe four hours. So um, I've, I've done my usual slow find everything kind of gameplay. 
mm-hmm. sounds um, perfectly valid to me. Yeah, but there, there's some cool new powers, which is nice. I, I don't like using the word new for a game that's old, <laughs> but anyway. Um, instead of the blink or the, the pull thing, you um, kind of choose a place and then click again and you teleport to that place. So it's two clicks instead of one, which means it's slower. But also, instead of your see-through walls vision, you can get a free camera, basically, and it can go around corners, and then you can place a, a point to teleport to. And as long as you can see it, it doesn't matter whether it's like through glass or through a cage, you can teleport to it. And that is very handy. Um, and then also you can take people's faces. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Lovely, lovely faces. Yes. Like to disguise as them or just to have them? I mean, you, you, I assume she keeps them somewhere, but... Um, Very weird. Yeah, yeah, you can just kind of walk through a, a guard-infested house um, for as long as your mana doesn't run out. Which is nice. It's it's that sounds extremely cool, and I would be very tempted to make sure I had an infinite mana. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I don't. I, there isn't mana potions anymore. Your mana just recharges, which is mm. confusing to me. It, it took me f- ages to figure out why I couldn't find any mana mana potions. But beyond that, it's just a dishonored game, which is all I need it to be. It is mm-hmm. brilliant. It's got weird outsider mumbling. It's great. Does the outsider appear to you and give you poems he wrote or whatever? No, because um, the outsider doesn't appear to Billy Lurk or Megan Foster um, for reasons. I see. She she gets she gets powers and they're purportedly from the outsider, but not. I, I've played two levels. It'll probably be explained. <laughs> I see. It's possibly too early for you to understand the whole yeah. plot. Okay. Yeah. Shiny chrome. Gonna take it right Chanda. Yeah, so my my podcastly update on car games that I play. I still play iRacing and I play it a lot. But most importantly, like two weeks ago, two weekends ago, there's a there's a real world racing event that's called the Le Mans 24 Hours, where they drive for 24 hours on the Le Mans track in France. In fact, that race is happening right as we speak, and I'm watching it at the moment. They're like, they're like ten hours in, I think, currently. Anyway, that race also exists in iRacing, the PC simulator racing game that I play too much. And I did it with some friends. We were four people in in the in the same car, so we drove like six hours ish each over yeah over the course of 24 hours. It was very fun, and we won our our lobby, which was extra fun, uh, without you know without <laughs> crashing a lot. Uh, how many times did you crash? We had one pretty big crash, but luckily the car that was behind us had a bigger crash, so he had to spend more time in the pits than us. And repairing. what about the time when you uh, when that other person uh, drove themselves off the road? What? When that happened? Oh yeah. Oh yeah, but that wasn't like a big deal. So, so is it like how many different types of cars are being driven in this? Oh yeah, so in in the Le Mans, in the real world, there's four different. Well, there's sort of three, but yeah, in in I racing, there's three different cars. So there's the LMP1 that are like super fast, and they have like they charge an electrical boost when they brake, which means they have like insane acceleration. Because they've used like a hybrid, because they both 
use the electrical engine and the normal engine during acceleration to get like crazy speeds. And those were the cars we were driving. And then there's LMP2 that are sort of really fast as well, but don't have the boost system. And then there's the GTE cars that are yeah, like regular, regular cars, but with loads of like bigger engines and stuff, but they're like the look road cars basically, but with a wing and sick aero and shit on them. And so yeah, what's the exactly. when you mix multiple types of cars in a race like this? What's the expectation? Uh, so the the faster car always has to like the the slower car is expected to just keep the racing line, and it's the faster car's job to get but around like, them. Does everyone start at the same time and place? E- yeah, so you you do a qualifying during the week before, and then you start in your class, like according to yeah, comparing how fast the other ones were, um, and then everyone starts at the same time. So it will take like for I started our race, and I think it took like five or six laps until we caught up to the the slower GT cars, uh, and then so basically because of the race being so long, it's quite rare that you. Uh, that that you like actually have like a battle with a car of your class because like eventually there's gonna be a gap and it's a lot more about like pit stops and when you do them, but being in the fast car like you can never like relax because you're constantly lapping slower cars because I I think in our lobby I'm not quite sure how many Hang on, I'm gonna take a look if I can find it yes yeah, so in our lobby we had seven LMP1 cars that we were fighting with and then I think there were one, two, three, four, five. Yeah, seven LMP2 cars as well that you sort of lap now and then. Uh, and then, let's see how many of these there are. GTE. And 20 GTE cars. Um, so yeah. So never a dull moment. <laughs> exactly. Uh, and also, iRacing, being the nerdy simulator it is, has like a day and night progression and simulating track temperature and stuff. So... What oh, what do geez. they do that's, that's really with cool. uh, the pit stops? How are those simulated? Uh, there, there's no like people running about, but it takes time switching tires. Okay, so so it's not like uh, it's not controlled by the players at all. No, you you well, you go in and you set if you want to switch tires, and you can also do like some small changes to like tire pressure and stuff. But you also set how much fuel you want to fill up with. And there's like no accidents or anything like that. It's just as it's yeah, as yeah. you request it. Yeah. yeah it is the time, time. Uh, set or is there random variance? No, it is set. Uh, but if you have like a crash or something, there's like it's not random, but it's set depending on how much damage you you get. You get different amounts of so like our big crash. We had like 16 minutes of repairs, I think. But at that point, we were like nine laps ahead of the second guy. And oh yeah, it's worth noting it's a really long track. Like for the fastest class of cars, it takes like three minutes and twenty seconds to go around. So it's it's a super long track. Uh, and yeah, so it's super fun, especially like the night because we did it the way it was set up. There was like you could start it either like at midnight my time or at like midday my time. And the but we started the midnight stint, but it still always starts at like two p.m. Uh, like in game, so for me, like it was just complete reverse because I did the first stint at like three a.m. and it was like bright day in the the car, and then I went to sleep, got up at like middle of the day in in Sweden, and then it was like midnight in the in the on the track, so it was quite confusing. Uh, but I did, I did enjoy the night racing a lot. 
because of how tires work. Basically, the cooler the track is, the, the better grip you have, so you can go super fast during the night, as long as you, you know, trust that you can see it well enough, <laughs> which is a problem sometimes. Uh, so I was uh, I was going to ask what the the view is. So like how so you you have po- you've made uh, um, clips from from a third person outsider perspective. Yeah, yeah. So so when you're not when you're not racing or when like after you're racing, you can go back in the replay, uh, and in that view you can like look at all different angles you want to. But when you're actually racing, you can only see it from cockpit view. Uh, so, so the clips are from like when I, like when one of my friends crashed, or when I went back and took a clip of what I did. Uh, so yeah, that they're was very like... they're very serious about that sort of thing around there. <laughs> but yeah, it was like a super 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 fun experience, uh, and we're sort of glad. And then like because the t- then they tallied up all the points because in our like the time we did it, the the midnight my time starting time, there's not a, not as many people entering as in the. As in the other session, so in, like in the other session, there was like seventeen lobbies in total, with like fifty cars in each. Uh, and in our split, there was like four lobbies total, I think. But in the total point, we ended like right in the middle of all the LMP1 teams, which we were like really happy with. Uh, so we're like completely, completely average. And in like we're in the, in like the top split, so in like split one of seventeen in the main slot, it's like one one of the teams has two Formula One drivers in it, and it's like a lot of real world racing drivers that take part. Yeah, in that I was race. gonna say, isn't iRacing like extremely like oriented towards like professional drivers and things like that as well? Yeah, and it's a lot of them in there. So like when you get to higher levels, there's a lot of it's like one one iRacer that streams a lot that's currently racing in uh, the real world Le Mans that I'm watching, but I think he has crashed. So also it's Danish, is it all so I don't like authentic him. tracks? Yeah. Yeah, iRacing is only only real world tracks. Uh, real world tracks, real world cars. Is iRacing the one that has the insane Toyota, or is that something else? No, no, the Toyota is like the the real world car, but iRacing is like a bit out of date. So the the LMP ones are not the up, most up to date cars currently. Okay, but, yeah. But they're still. I think they're about as fast as they are currently. Mm-hmm. But yeah. But yeah, that was like super fun, and we're gonna do it again next year. But that's a far bit away. I think that's another twenty-four hour race in July that we're gonna do on another track. Uh, but yeah, it was it was really really fun, but also like super tiring because like I I did get to sleep for like seven hours. So I like did my first stint at like three a.m. to like five yeah sort of five a.m. and then I slept for like seven hours. Then I got up and then. Like during the rest of the day, I did like one stint every four and a half hours, basically. Uh, <laughs> did your uh, um, arms end up hurting a bit from the uh, force feedback? Or? <laughs> no, I was that, that was sort of fine. It's just like general tiredness because even like you, you couldn't rest in between because you like really want to know how your friend did. Uh, so, <laughs> so it's like even if you tried to rest, you just couldn't because you were so curious to see like if they crashed or anything. Your brain's always on. Yeah, basically. Was it generally just the drivers themselves that were making the decisions to pit, or would you like all be talking? Uh, we were like all in sort of... a Discord chat like the entire time, but but you get like all the readings inside the car, and it was like generally we just had the same strategy. Like unless we got damaged, we pitted every eleven laps and took tires every other stop. And was like yeah, we sort of just did that. Um, so yeah, super fun, uh, very nerdy. Uh, but I'm I'm happy with it. That's uh, that's that's motor racing, folks. Yeah, I'm, I'm hoping nerds. like eventually, because uh, I'm getting better at the game. 
progressively. Like my goal is sometime to be in the same lobby as like a Formula One driver. <laughs> that's like such a cool thing. Because uh, also in in iRacing you have to use your real name, so you know like, and you can't like impersonate anyone else. Because we've seen like Max Verstappen stream, and then he his name is Max Verstappen. So if you see a Max Verstappen in your race, you know it's him. Because if you enter like if you sign up with the same name as someone else, you get like a number at the end of it. I've seen like I've seen like John Smith forty one. I think that's like the highest I've seen. <laughs> I mean, it's like some super generic name and like number forty one, which means there's like forty other people call that. <laughs> Funny. I suppose because it's all like a uh, real like real money winnings and stuff sometimes as well. Yeah, too. like in the in the proper races there are, uh, and in like the top split of of the Lamar, there's like like racing teams and stuff. So those drivers mm. probably get like paid. Maybe for you could get scouted. Exactly. They have like a a Formula One like E team, don't they? Yeah. Like not Formula E, but like a E racing. Yeah, yeah. League. There is a yeah. Formula One is not super big in esports because the games aren't like that that good, I guess. But there's a lot of like a few of the Formula One teams have uh, like Williams that has an F1 team, also has a esports team. Fernando Alonso, that's a famous Formula One driver, and Le Mans winner last year, he also owns an uh, eSports team, so it's getting pretty big. It's like growing, because I think like compared to other eSports, sim racing eSports is really tiny, but it, I feel like it's growing like really fast from what I'm seeing. And I think probably one thing that will set it apart as well is that like the, this is an industry that has experience managing and you know paying teams and things like yeah. that as well. So. Yeah, and it's also a few like BMW that are currently in... in uh, the Le Mans race they said they're putting out next year, but they're gonna make a big push for eports uh, at like a car company, basically, which is very cool. Exciting stuff. Yeah, especially for me because I play the games. Room, room, indeed. Better the more different types of esports there are, the more it'll kind of be in normalized. Yeah, that's what yeah. I was looking for. Yeah. Like with the with the with a solid sort of business base behind it, maybe it'll actually be a stable thing instead of yeah. Like all and the I also feel like we see now of amateur yeah. teams just and in I feel like also and like CSGO and stuff like that. Yeah, like off. sim racing esports has a like pretty big potential because anyone who watches racing might enjoy it because it's just racing, right? But it's not like with real cars. But it's I mean, and also like basically anyone can look at it and see what's going on. That's not the case with Dota because like yeah, yeah, that's not. And that's like the same with Counter Strike. People can look at that and see what's happening, sort of at least, because it's like people point Generally, at things yeah. and shoot, shoot. Like it's pretty understandable in a way. Because I've I've actually started watching Counter Strike even though I don't play it, because I think it's like like the commentators are really good because it's such a big esports, and I I just get what's going on without playing it. Uh, and I feel like sim racing has like sort of the same appeal. Uh, yeah, but like as you get bigger, obviously like better commentators and stuff will happen, which is needed. So yeah, exciting stuff. XCOM 2, War of the Chosen! Okay. Yes, the the first game I played since the um since the one game of Binding of Isaac. It is a good game, probably unsurprisingly, because it's an XCOM game, and XCOM games are generally pretty good. 
Wow, your first time back in two years and already you're trying to piss off Kane. That's our ad. <laughs> I enjoy XCOM. I'm not good at XCOM, but I enjoy it. Um, yeah, I've, I've never actually managed to finish the original XCOM game because I refuse to play it on anything other than Iron Man. <laughs> when I started this game, I was looking around for the Iron Man button and I couldn't find it. So this one is the first XCOM game I'm playing without Iron Man, and I'm having a lot more fun. <laughs> because if I make a mistake because I'm tired, I don't get... Well, I get punished for it, but I don't have to start the whole game again. So it is just good to have... So I, I'm I'm restarting something not very often. It, it's usually only if it's like midnight, past midnight, and I'm tired and I make stupid mistakes then I'll go, okay, alright that was a stupid mistake, start again I'll, I'll, or I'll stop playing not, and I've never restarted a mission, I've always stopped playing and saved just before the mission, if that makes sense yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's been so long since I've played XCOM 2, I don't know what's new, obviously the, the, the chosen, there are big big enemies um, like named characters who turn up on random missions and uh, if you kill them, they don't die, they get revived somewhere else or something. And they've got um, interesting powers. So uh, one of the ones I've got, uh, I, I don't know if it's like randomly generated or if it was designed this way, but uh, these it has immunity to explosions, so it kind of informs your choice of people who to take. If you know there's a chance that this particular person, this particular chosen is going to turn up on a mission. I may not bring some grenadiers or something. And I think it just has a little a little twist to picking your team. Because quite often I find myself picking the same... Not the same team, but the same makeup of team. Uh, so, well, like a, a sharpshooter, a couple of assaults, a couple of specialists and a grenadier. And that is kind of my standard operating procedure for everything. But with that kind of... Oh, they're immune to Overwatch. Or they're particularly vulnerable to um, attacks from height, things like that. It's just an, another little layer that makes a choice a little uh, not different, I'll say. Yeah, more of the shows and all fads, the, the factions, right? Sorry? The, the, the factions. Oh yes, the factions, yeah. You've got, um, you've got friendly factions with particular powers, so there's a, there's a faction whose soldiers don't reveal themselves necessarily when they fire. You've got like a percentage chance to whether they reveal. So um, I recently, like one of the missions I completed, I completed without firing a shot, which is insane to me. And it was so much fun and so tense. The other two factions I feel are a little... So the the Reapers, I think it is, that has the... Yeah, Reapers have the sniper, stealthy Russians. The, the other two just feel a little indistinct. They feel like psionics and assault. Yeah, because I, I played a lot of XCOM 2 and War of the Chosen, uh, and I, I do love the Reapers, because they're basically, if I want to play one single character, it would be the Reaper, like, without question. Oh, yeah. Uh, but, like, the other class, but they sort of suffer from the same thing, that all those classes become super fun when they're fully upgraded, but they're sort of shit early. The Reapers are the only one who have, like, a unique thing early. Um... But they all, all, all of them become super, super good once you get up, like them leveled up a bit. Because then they all like, yeah, they are like super, super powerful. 
But I also, like, I, I find when they're upgraded they're almost too good, because, like, you never want to go without them. And, like, even on the missions where it's like, oh, this guy is weak to Templars. And you're like, well, I don't really care, because I have to bring all my special dudes, and they're just going to kill him anyway. Um, that, that's a problem that XCOM has anyway. Yeah, yeah, but it's, like, even more with these guys, because they're so yeah, good. Yeah. Like the the reaper, like a fully upgraded reaper can just kill like all the things they see basically, <laughs> if you have like the right upgrades on the guns and everything. Thunder. Speaking of open world survival games, I've been playing Astroneer. What wow. a segue! Yeah. Yep. Except, uh, well, important things to note about this one compared to seventy six is that. I mostly enjoy it, and it is actually pretty good. Wow, um, fun. Um, it got released in early access in like 2016, I think, and like fully released just earlier this year. Um, it's nice. It's kind of like a low-poly sort of flat-color 3D world. Um, you play like a little astronaut, and you land on a planet in a little pod, and from there you like build up different machinery um so like you can uh harvest resources to craft items such as power or crafting things um or like crafting tables and 3d printers and that sort of stuff it has like a fully deformable terrain which is actually really cool so you're walking around with like this little suction gun and you suck up all the dirt and you find like all these different minerals and cavern systems and things like that and you can go down all the way to the center of the planet and that's all really fun. Um, you don't use that for like um, base building, which I think would have been cool being able to like mold your own sort of like little shelter and things like that. But instead the base building is more like you get like solar panels or wind turbines and they just come in like little modular boxes that you put on like little modular stands. So you end up with like this base that's like a central hub with all these wires leading off into like these different areas like over here is like my solar farm and that's like powering my 3d printers over here and this one's like powering a centrifuge to separate minerals from the dirt and things like that so it gives this very um cool sort of sprawling look to your base um you can um explore the whole planet and then you find like mysterious objects that you have different um like objectives to unlock them so like one of them might be like put in a certain amount of minerals into this one or make sure that it's batteries at a certain point for this amount of time and things like that so there's lots of different little things to do and eventually you end up like getting off the planet and finding out there's like another nine different ones to explore so it is a very big game and i'd kind of had my fill of it at that point but i think for somebody who likes the kind of very chill open world sort of stuff that would be a good one to check out. My question, as with all of these games, what makes this one particularly good or special compared to any other one of this type? Because all the ones I've played seem pretty similar. Mm -hmm. So in terms of other ones that I've played, I've really only done like the major Minecraft, Terraria, um that sort of thing so i really only have them to compare it to um so i guess in that sense the whole open world survival probably isn't as played out for me as it might be for some other people but it is 
like especially compared to something like uh terraria um maybe a little bit less minecraft um but it is extremely chill there is just there's no enemies um there there is like environmental hazards and things like that um but they're generally pretty low risk though like some of the planets might have like windstorms that like throw rocks and stuff around and one of them has like um the species of like underground plant that like explodes if you touch its root and things along those lines probably the most like dangerous thing is running out of oxygen but eventually um you get like um a little golf cart sort of thing that you can put like oxygen generators and power generators on so you've got like a little mobile base to roam around and just mine shit it's just a little escape yeah yeah it is yeah that um so that kind of low poly flat sort of color thing um every planet's like obviously a different sort of theme and colors and all that sort of stuff so it's just yeah it just looks very relaxing to look at um one thing I will complain about, the camera doesn't sometimes work so great as you might expect with something where you can create unexpected twists and turns and tunnels and things like that. Um, so occasionally it gets a little bit hard to see where you're actually going. Um, and the game just does not work with a control pad at all. It really is keyboard and mouse. So it would be, it would be a nice one to sit on the lounge and just kind of play. But unfortunately, um, the, controls especially for like picking up and manipulating objects just doesn't feel right with the sticks um but other than that i would highly recommend you check it out i think i definitely will i will add it to the list what idol bullshit? <laughs> Yours or mine? <laughs> um, what idol bullshit have you been playing, Odd? Uh, uh, three games, um, uh, all mobile games. Um, AFK Arena, uh, Dragon Mania Legends, and Merge Dragon. Okay, I have heard of all three of those. <laughs> this was uh, this was after a couple weeks of trying out uh, Puzzle Quest. Both the Marvel and Magic varieties, uh, and those I, I was those were okay. It was it's match three. They had some interesting uh, extra takes on it, but it was I, I got bored of them and uh, and went went to these and uh, I'd say Merge Dragons is the one I'm mostly uh, putting some effort into uh, for five days or so now i've just been uh like twice a day on the other two just going in and claiming whatever has uh collected in in the time i've been gone so afk arena is a get heroes and um what was that the the like the fire emblem heroes uh where you yeah where you get you have gotcha heroes Um, and then you uh, awakening awakening yeah and you um you select your team and you select like an order a formation for them they fight and uh build up uh uh special moves and you can activate their special moves or you can set the game to activate them automatically and so you can like leave your phone on the table beside you and just say begin battle and leave it and then look back at it and say begin battle (laughs) and 
uh, idle it that way. Um, but you collect uh, gold and, and other experience stuff uh, even without playing the missions. Uh, and so you, on the main home screen, come in and collect that and then can use it to level up your characters and they find equipment and equip it and you can upgrade it and it's it's so much stuff and i've just i the point where i stopped uh like really putting any effort into it was the point where it was starting to try to get me to do more social stuff uh and so i i think that some of the some progression now is going to be uh not as great if I don't do social stuff. So I don't know how long I'll keep with it, but I kept getting ads for it, uh, like on YouTube uh, and other places around the internet. Uh, I just kept getting ads for it, and finally I was like, okay, I'll I'll take a look at what this is because I, I want something that I can just dip into. Um, Dragon Mania Legends is a game where you can breed dragons and then go fight with them. Um, and the basic setup is you have three dragons that you take into a battle, and it's based on type effectiveness, and uh, also one of those little moving bar things. So, like, uh, when you select a dragon to attack with, uh, you select what type uh, move you want to attack with, and then the little dial goes along the gauge, and you have a, a small... Uh, window of time to click it to get the, the perfect hit, uh, but then there's also a little window where you're going to miss. That's how you battle with your dragons. Uh, but I'm more into it for the uh, seemingly endless uh, amount of ver uh, variety of dragons that you can uh, breed and then feed and then they get bigger and they're all so cute and wonderful except for a few that seem a little culturally uh insensitive or <laughs> uh, like the the week i started there was a an event with a um if you participate in the event and do well you can unlock a tribal dragon which has a big feathered headdress it's like mm, this is not great. Uh, um, but so far, with the, the base dragons built on elements, uh, like fire and wind and water and metal and electric, uh, I'm having I'm having fun. The classic. <laughs> yep. Classic Aristotelian <laughs> elements. Uh, and Merge Dragons is a... It's probably the most interesting. It's... <sighs> Uh, Dragon Mania Legends, the, so the point where I s sort of stopped with AFK Arena was when it was trying to force social stuff on me. Um, Dragon Mania Legends also started doing a bit of that social pushing, and it began giving me, uh, like there were times you could watch an ad to get some, uh, to speed up some, speed up a timer or get some gems or something. Um, but then it eventually started giving me ads when I hadn't asked for them. And I'm pretty sure it was like hours in before it started doing that. And that seemed a little skeezy, uh, especially because it's a mobile game. It's based on tapping your screen constantly. And then they, you're in the middle of tapping something and it brings up an ad and, oh, look, now you've tapped on the ad. Uh, so that was, that was sort of when I started saying, okay, I will just check in on this, uh, 
every so often and collect all the gold that my dragons have hoarded for me while I was gone. Um, dra- uh, Merge Dragons is not an idle game. There is a, a cooldown. Uh, your dragons will get tired and then they go to sleep. Uh, so you have to wait for a countdown for them to cool. wake up again. Um, but that's the only sort of uh, waiting that is required. Uh, I guess there are a couple things you can unlock, uh, and it takes a little while to unlock them, uh, chests that you get out of levels. Uh, but it's a, so general little sort of, uh, um, grid based landscape, uh, to the levels. Uh, and it's, you, you can drag almost everything around. There are some things that are locked to a single tile on the level, uh, but you can move almost everything around. And if you, uh, match three or more of an item, uh, it upgrades into a better item. And the the levels are built around... The, the premise of the game is that there's these things called Zomblins, and they are the enemies, uh, and they have taken over a lot of the land, and all the land has been killed by them, and your job is to go heal it. Uh, so the base... Uh, the base tile units are these types of flowers that as you merge uh, and get better versions of these flowers, you can harvest different, uh, more potent life orbs from them, uh, which then heal the land. So every level that you go into will have a certain amount of uh, healed land and items that you can interact with immediately, and then a whole bunch of stuff you can see that you have to uh, activate these life orbs to... Uh, to heal and then you can interact with that stuff and usually there's a a one goal like make this item and you'll know what you need to uh merge in order to make it uh to beat the level and then you go to a level reward screen and if you have a free uh chest slot you automatically get that and then you can select a couple rewards for free uh it's not your choice it's just um like, here are the ten rewards possible for this, and these two of them you can get for free. Uh, everything else you need to pay gems for. Uh, you shouldn't do that, because gems are few and far between. Um, and then between the levels, uh, you, which it's, you have to use a specific uh, type of energy uh, to start a level, um, and, and those refill over time. Uh, so if you don't have that to do, you can go to your camp. And your camp is an area, it's basically a large level, uh, and then chunks of it are blocked off until you have a certain amount of dragon power. Uh, so like a level one dragon, uh, would be worth one dragon power. But just like you can merge items on, in the environment, you can merge your dragons together, and you can merge three level one dragons into a level two dragon, which has more power for, uh, for the, what went, it, what went, it, went into it. Uh, and then based on how much total dragon power you have, you can unlock more and more land in your, uh, camp. My camp is horrendously crowded right now, uh, because the rewards that you send back go to the camp, uh, and you only have so much real estate there. Uh, and I'm being very, overall very uh, frugal, because when you merge five things, you get two of whatever uh, the, the next level is, uh, which three 
giving you one and five giving you two, uh, it's clearly better to merge five and get two of them, especially if it takes a long time to build up uh, this chain. Uh, so my, my camp is very uh, packed, and it's hard to <laughs> maneuver things around in there. Uh, so my dragons are usually not asleep because uh, they haven't gotten tired, because they haven't done anything, because there's no place for them to put down the stuff uh, that they harvest from the things in my camp. <laughs> um, <laughs> so it is... The I'd say the the least offensive of these three games in terms of trying to get me to engage with it in ways that I don't want to engage with it. Um, there are uh, I am getting into a lot more things where it's offering me uh, like chests that I can only unlock by paying gems for, um, and uh, I've I've done a few of those and they they usually seem to be uh, worth it, but. I don't know. It's it still feels sort of weird. This this land of of free to play stuff is uh, not entirely for me. But it's it's a way to spend time, and they're cute dragons. <laughs> yes, the fr the free to play hall is uh, it's a different world, isn't it? Yeah. D did you say you you knew of these games? Oh boy, do I. Um. Well. I should say not not that I've played them, but like you, I have seen them advertised basically everywhere. Um, so roundabout way that I got to this is I started uh, getting the getting the hankering for some uh, idle action um, and installed uh, Adventure Capitalist, Realm Grinder, Egg Ink, and uh, something else on my phone, and just kind of chipped away at those for a while and. Eventually, the ads got through to me for uh, a little game called Idle Heroes. Um, um, so it is basically AFK Arena. <laughs> um, it's slightly different in that um, I think it is way more open with its free-to-play, spend-money-on-me bullshit. <laughs> um, it's, 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 it's very much not trying to... Uh, hide the fact that you uh that it is like a pay to win sort of thing um but that being said um it has got a million different areas to do activities in that you can do while it is free um so like the main sort of thing is similar to af uh, afk arena you've got a series of battles where you get different heroes who you get from like gacha pools um uh, you arrange them in different formations and they have different factions, classes, blah, 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 all that sort of stuff. And you just set them on this battle where they'll, uh, you know, um, you have one battle where you normally get like some good loot out of it. And then you can stay auto battling on that stage where you slowly build experience and gold and all that sort of stuff up over time. Um, but then they've also got another one where you have like a terrace where you can install different upgrades so this one mines gems this one mines gold this one increases your health and then from there you've got like daffodils to spend on energy on expeditions where you go out and like battle monsters and then there's another one called an event raid which is where you can battle a different sort of monster for different sort of like um consumable items and things like that and there's just a hundred different places to do things so even if you're not spending 
the money to get into like the big PvP or PvE stuff that they offer. You always have something to do on there. So it's just kind of become a bit of a ritual of, you know, when I'm having my morning coffee, everything on the server resets at like 8am, which is perfect for me. Right before I leave work, just after I've had breakfast where I'm kind of doing nothing, I'll just go through and complete like my daily quests and upgrade some heroes or whatever. And it's become a bit of a routine. It's just, you know, I have no illusions that <laughs> I'm probably eventually going to spend my, like 15 bucks or whatever in it to get some gems or something like that. Um, but I'm okay with it because I have spent a lot of time in here free so far. I'm enjoying it a lot. Uh, I I went to go go look for idle heroes, <laughs> and uh, <laughs> there is some new. It's called Pokemon Rumble Rush. I don't know if it's new, but I've I've never seen it. This is uh, in the the Play Store here. I'm going to have to resist installing it. <laughs> Shiny Chrome. I've been playing Void Bastard. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, this is a game that I sort of got on a whim because I have a lot of money in my theme account because I'm selling Dota hats <laughs> and I have a lot of theme, like a lot of Dota hats, and I haven't sold them all yet. But I'd like occasionally I'll go selling things on the market in like a big batch. It's impossible, and I have so many Dota hats. So I have to do it in like steps. Uh, but as a result, I can basically buy games that I'm like, oh, this looks cool. Uh, and so I bought Void Bastards, and I'm very happy I did. It's very, very good. Uh, so it's a first-person roguelite shooter uh, with like a really unique, uh, sort of unique art style at least. It sort of looks like a comic book in a way. Like, it's so shaded. It's sort of cell shaded, but like way simpler than something like Borderlands. Uh, so yeah, it's pretty simple, and it, in some ways it's like the the between mission structure reminds me a bit of FTL, in that you're you're in a spaceship and then you travel between different nodes, and in these, this case those nodes are other spaceships, and when you get to them you can either just keep moving if you want to, or you can dock, and then basically you go into a first person shooter thing on board the other spaceship and run around. Uh, and on those spaceships there are different rooms, which also reminds me of uh, Faster Than Light, because the rooms are like oxygen and like the helm and power and stuff. So when you even a little bit heat signature-ish almost yeah, as well in that regards. Yeah, exactly. So you want if you get if you get to the helm, you unlock on the minimap. You see all the item locations, uh, but you also you see them on your minimap, like your up in the corner tiny minimap you can see the stuff that's around you on that but if you go to the helm you see on all of the ship when you open like the full map of the ship and then you know, like your oxygen slowly depletes when you're on a ship so you need to find the oxygen place and you know get more of that uh, and it's like some ships you get to have the power shut down uh, so you want to do that and you can also like lock doors behind you uh, you can like close them but you can also like authorize them so you lock them so nothing can get through basically except some enemies but yeah uh, but that also means if you suddenly have to panic and run away you have to unlock them again and wait for a few seconds for the authorize to happen uh, which is which has screwed me over sometimes uh, so you get on the ships and also when you're on the map you can see what kinds of enemies will appear and there's like uh, they're sort of unique all of them 
they're sort of like ghost-like. Most of them hover, but they're sort of like zombies in a way, but sort of ghosts. Ghost zombies, uh, I guess. Uh, and some of them shoot, and some of them like teleport, and some of them just take a lot of shots to kill. Uh, and as you go around, you collect all sorts of tiny like bits of loot that get turned into five different like material types that you can craft uh, pieces from. Or you can get like a big piece of loot uh, that you can craft into a new item. And those items are like there's like different guns and different grenades and different uh, like devices and stuff that you have and like better better boots and better armor and better like all kinds of things basically. Uh, and everything you craft will be available if you die because it, it is a roguelike. So if you if you do die, you have to start from the beginning. Uh, so that's where your progression is. Exactly, so the progression is in the item. It's also in some sort of main quest. That's like a main item you have to try and get, and that one also stays as it is. Uh, I'm not sure what happens, but it always seems like the thing you're gonna get is the final thing. But then it's like a comic book sequence that's usually quite funny, where something goes terribly wrong and you have to get another thing. Uh, so, so I'm not sure how long that will last. I have a feeling it's like a contained story. Okay. And then you can like replay it on a higher difficulty or something. Um, and also like your when you get a new character, uh, like if you die or when you spawn at one, you have like different traits. There's like some that are like I have one that's like coughing, so sometimes you you just randomly cough and alert nearby enemies. <laughs> pain. And some it's like some good ones which is like you can't be seen through windows. Uh, and the yeah. one that I had a chuckle at was the um, you yell every time you pick up an item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's a lot of really weird ones, uh, but it's also like some of the ships you can go to have like game modification stations, so you can replace the ones you have. Uh, and like some ships heal you, so you can go to different ones depending on what you sort of need. Uh, and it's also like food and fuel that you need to keep making sure you have a stock of, so you, you can't just keep jumping between ships and get to the one you want to go, but you have to sort of land occasionally and, you know, get the things. Bit of overworld strategy sort of thing. Yeah, exactly. Uh, but that one hasn't been super impactful yet, but I'm playing on, like, normal difficulty, I'm assuming. That's usually what I do, so I'm assuming that's what I'm doing. Uh, but it's really, really fun. And uh, I've unlocked, like, four of the five weapons so far, but you can also keep upgrading the weapons to make them better. But they're also like pretty unique, like there's a sort of pistol, shotgun, railgun, and other things. Uh, and they all have like different ammo types, so maybe you like really like the shotgun, but if you keep using it, you're gonna run out of ammo. Then you're gonna have to like take a pistol on the next ship, maybe, and hope you get more shotgun ammo. Oh, okay, so you can only get like the ammo and stuff on the yeah, ships that you raid exactly. and all that, yeah. And when you, when you're gonna land on a ship, you can see what, what enemies are on there, so it's like, this enemy type, there's a few of this enemy type, and many of this enemy type. Uh, which means you can also plan what weapon you want to bring, depending on that. Right, right. And can you only bring one weapon to the ship, sort of thing? Yes, yeah, so you can bring three things, which means one weapon, uh, one... And I, there's like two other categories. One which has like a sapper gun thing that's good for disabling cameras and like turrets. Uh, and in that category, it's also like grenades, and it's also like an exploding kitty bot that's really weird that I've never really used. Uh, and then in, in like the th third category, there's like a gun that in, when you point it at something, you teleport it out of the world, and then you can place it wherever you want. 
uh, but you can't like get rid of it in any way so you can like it's pretty handy if there's like a security turret somewhere you can just pick it up and then place it in a room you're never gonna go back into and then close that room and then <laughs> keep moving um so there's usually like different ways to deal with different things mm, it's and um one that i've had my eye on for a little while because yeah. uh i think it's the same people that made uh is it card hunter that one that you guys were all playing for a while i don't know i haven't even checked Mm, but yeah, uh, um, one of the uh, developers on it is an Australian guy that I've been following for <laughs> quite some time. So yeah, yeah it's the people who made Card Hunters. So Card Hunter, yeah, that's good. Uh, but yeah, I, I I really really recommend it. It's like super fun. It also gets sort of stressful at times uh, because like the music, it's like it's really good, but it's also like pretty up tempo. So. <laughs> And then like everything is going wrong, you run like the wrong way and then you get to a door that you accidentally locked before and you're like, oh fuck, I have to unlock it. <laughs> and there's like some enemies that can get through your locked doors and that are like super tanky and hurt a lot. Uh, so those you just have to be really, really careful of. Um, yeah, it, it's, it's very, very good. And I'm looking forward to seeing where it leads. Uh, and also like the, it's sort of also like FTL, like the different ship types are pretty unique. So like there's like the medical ships always sort of have similar layouts and uh, you sort of know how, not, not like exactly the same but similar. And then there's like luxury cruiser ships that usually just have a lot of food on them and like a lot of money usually. Uh, and it's also like cause there's a money, like there's a currency that you can use to like some loot crates will be locked but you have to unlock them by paying money but they always contain a good thing but sometimes you like you might need that money for something else and it's also like you can use the money to refresh like the oxygen supply so you can stay longer on a ship uh, if you need that so that's also like the really good thing the oxygen is like means you can't just be really really careful you sort of have to go through it at somewhat of a so there's always kind pace. of a driving yeah. force behind you yeah, yeah, exactly. But on my current character, I managed to find a gene mod that like doubles the oxygen supply. Because I like breathe less, I guess. I don't know. Um, just big, big lungs. Yeah, which is pretty nice because it means I can yeah just search every ship really thoroughly. Uh, but it's also like because there's like gun turrets and like security cameras. And if a security camera spots you for long enough, there'll be like a security bot coming after you. And that thing is fucking terrifying. It like sh shoots really hard. It's like almost impossible to kill, uh, but you can disable it temporarily with like the stun gun, basically. But if if that thing is after you, it's like and you hear like this siren going off after you, and uh, it's not super. It like like the thing is, it doesn't move super fast. So you can sort of keep running and looting everything, but you like if you turn like the wrong way, sometime you're you're fucked basically. Um, so that's a lot of fun. And also I keep going like deeper because you can like deeper into space, I guess. But it's like different tiers, uh, and as you move through them, it gets like scarier and scarier. So now the the turrets shoot like rockets instead of just normal bullets at me now, which is scary. And it's like a few new enemy types and like elite versions of the earlier enemy types that keep appearing. Um, so it's, it's getting like harder and harder as well. Um, but I'm 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 really really enjoying it. Uh, it's also good because like one ship takes only like a few minutes really uh yeah it's like 10 minutes for a ship max really so you can just jump in and do a ship and then jump out and it's like it's really easy to just pick up and play and you can also pause when you're on a ship which is nice uh so when you open the minimap it's like it pauses the game and stuff it's also a poison dart gun that's my favorite because it doesn't alert enemies when you hit them 
Uh, you can sort of be sneaky and shoot them and then just walk the other way and then when you come back they will be dead. It's very nice. Yeah, a good a good game about the shoot demands. Mm, yeah, I guess we can mention that. So I and Odward have been playing Islanders, uh, which is uh, like a city building game. So it's, it's based on uh... You get proximity bonuses and also proximity negatives <laughs> uh, based on yeah, building yeah. types. Uh, and you're just, you're given an island and you have a couple things that you can build there and that you like unlock them in packages. So you might get the uh, a package that gives you a certain type of farm and a couple houses or something. And you place them down, and you get points uh, based on your placement, and when you get enough points, you can move to the next island. Yeah, and also, yeah, and you also get points to unlock the next pack. So basically, at, at some point on an island, like, you very rarely run out of space. So you get, like, uh, at least the way I've been playing it is, like, at some point, I... I get a pack, and then I can't... Like, I place everything from that pack, and everything I've, I have... Uh, and I can't, like, place anything more. Because, like, when you get a pack, it's not like you get this type of house and a lot of it. You get, like, two houses and the farm. Uh, so when you eventually will run out of stuff to place, uh, and then you have to move to the next island, or if you don't have enough score to move to the next island, you have to abort, basically, and restart over. Um, and it's because there's a leaderboard for, like, the max score and stuff. Uh, and the islands also go, like, the sort of... They're, randomly generated, I think, uh, but they sort of go in the same order. So, like, Island 1 will always be quite small and, like, similar colors to every time. And I think, like, the, the pack progression is really similar as well. And then, like, Island 2 will also, like, follow a similar pattern. Uh, like, Island 2 will always be similar, and then etc. So, and they, like, usually get bigger and bigger, and then it's like one island that you encounter sometimes that has like it's almost no islands on it but you keep getting like wooden platforms that you can place and you can place your buildings on the wooden platforms uh, and uh, yeah there's a lot of it's also like it's so pretty oh such a pretty game it has like yeah it has really simple graphics but it looks like really, really one, really one frustration I had with it in the small amount of time I've played is just not necessarily knowing what parts of the island count as certain terrain types and what buildings can go on those terrain types. Yeah, I guess that's a thing you sort of learn by playing more, because, like, you keep encountering the same thing. I have, like, almost ten hours in it, because uh, I just kept replaying, because I want a bigger score. Um, and after, like, because I'm at the place where I'm, like, I sort of know what buildings will come up if I keep getting new packs on this island. So I'm sort of le intentionally leaving a space because there's like some of the later buildings that just give like a massive, massive point boost because they have like insane adjacency bonuses, but you sort of want them like right yeah. in the middle of your city. <laughs> uh, which sort of <laughs> if you haven't planned around that, you just put it on the outside and get like 5 points for it. But if like if you put it in the middle, then you can get like over 100 points for a single building, which is insane. So but it's also sort of a risk that means you're like not doing an optimal placement of other stuff before. Um, so yeah, but it's, it's like really, really good. It's also it's really relaxing because it's like no time pressure or anything. You can just build and then you can like it's very minimal HUD and you can turn it off and just zoom around your island, like look around it and just admire the, the beauty of the island. The the 
level of complexity is similar to Mini Metro in terms of what I was uh, yeah. what I was looking for, except it doesn't have the <laughs> the time pressure of Mini Metro, <laughs> so that's nice. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, you can like look it up on Steam and just look at the screenshots. Uh, and if you like the art style, you will probably like the game. Because, uh, yeah, it's just really, really nice and relaxing. Thunder. Yeah, if Jimbo could just come uh, back so we could do the outro. Uh, oh, oh, hey. uh, oh, he's here. He's here. Weird, yeah. Wow. He's making the weird noises. You need to say goodbye <sighs> for us. So that was Topic Chanda, episode 40. Um, thank you for joining me, my friends, Oddwood. Howdy, and I guess bye. <laughs> Seldom Bucket or Ed? I've been called Seldom Bucket in a long time. Farewell. Well, uh, Vopsy. Ah, bye. And the beautiful wife of the show, Jeremy. <laughs> bye. Uh, also, I'm Jim. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Hey. Was... hey. We did a good, good talk. We did about a chunder. I remembered how to talk about games. I'm going to link a video of a car crashing very fast into a wall during the, the real life Lamar.